This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. Okay, and we moved past Labor Day. That was gone, and it was a nice long weekend. I think everybody enjoyed that. Um, and, of course, we're moving towards the fourth quarter. This is the last month of the third quarter, and we'll be in the fourth quarter here shortly, and the summer's ending. So we've been through a lot of weird, unprecedented events here this last year, and and they're not over. We still have the election to come, and we're not sure what's going to happen with this COVID virus yet. I don't know if you heard about AstraZeneca today uh, and what they came out with, and I'll talk about that a little more in depth as the show goes on. But the market certainly has demonstrated some volatility. Finally had some down volatility, some pretty strong volatility. You ever notice the market falls a lot faster than it goes up? That's normal. There's an old saying that market takes a uh, stairs, take the stairs going up, but takes an elevator coming down. So did, is our correction over? I mean, it was, you know, it was an okay correction. Remember, I warned that we were going to have some corrections. And I didn't say that it had to be 10%. I said it could be 5%. But, you know, this was a little bit bigger than that. But I, are we over because the market was up today? Don't know. We'll, we'll have to, we have to wait. You just don't never know. But we, you do have to learn to deal with the volatility, though. I'm Steve Peasley. And today in this program and podcast, I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to any of your financial or investment questions. Anything financial. Okay, well, I'll help you with strategies, I'll help you with stocks, I'll help you with, you know, anything anything to do with your financial life we'll talk about here on the show. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. The Dow was up 440 points a day, the NASDAQ was up 294, and the S&P was up 67. So we had a pretty big, pretty big bounce today. After some pretty heavy down days. And did you see Tesla went, what, went 500 down to, what, 330? What, three days? Four days? That was a big, big, big fall for Tesla. Anyways, that's what we're dealing with. Okay, we do have some talking points, and I will get to them. I want to talk about the COVID vaccine. I want to talk about job openings. And, um, uh, there's a couple other things, if we can get to them. Talk about big tech stocks, maybe. Anyways, we're ready to hear your questions, and we're going to take informa- uh, take questions all day long as we do in our 24 hours, seven days a week listener line call. So let's go ahead and get started and take our first call. Hey, guys. I just saw the VIP, ticker symbol VIPS, the VIP shop holding earnings report. It met consensus, but revenue fell. I have a position in it, and I was just curious if it's a buy or a sell, or if I should or if I should just hold for now. Thanks. Shop Holdings Limited, a Chinese online discount retailer offering branded apparel at discount prices and limited quantities. It's an $11 billion company. They do about $3.4 billion of sales a quarter. So that means the price-to-sales ratio is about one-to-one, which is a good relationship, actually. Um, they're going to make a dollar twenty-three this year and a dollar forty-nine to sixteen dollar and seventy cents stock, and it's holding right above the two hundred-day moving average. So I see, yes, this is a good strong support area for the stock. 
at $16.70. It should hold there. Uh, the next strong support comes in around 14, then another around 12. But this is a pretty strong support right in here. So, uh, you know, I'm not, they, they have, management owns 30% of the stock. Mutual funds are buying it uh, pretty heavily. Return equity is pretty good at 26%. No dividend. I mean, they, yeah, there's no dividend. Sales and it's, it's slowed us a bit. Earnings are still going up nicely, but sales are slow. So it's not a bad price for the company. It really isn't. VIPS, everybody. VIP Shop Holdings Limited Company. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest.com. I'm Steve Peasley. Summer is basically over. But for investors, the need to remain vigilant never ends. It's constant. So there's a lot of crosswinds, a lot of volatility. You gotta, you gotta have a lot of risk tolerance for some of this stuff. So and you have to learn to manage your fear and greed. You got relatives who can't do that a lot, calling me up. Oh, the market's falling apart. Yeah, it's not falling apart. You just gotta manage your fear and greed. So maybe we can do better managing risks by balancing, rebalancing your asset portfolios. That job requires information, effective strategies. You know. And you can deal with volatility if you have effective strategies and you balance and manage your risk and understand your risk. Let's talk about it. Your participation is important. It's always part of the mix. We are taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. It's been another Investor Wednesday, and we've all seen the market move up, down, and all around. It's called volatility. And you'll have investment and finance questions for Steve and Justin. They welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Sandra in Washington, D.C. She wants to talk about Microsoft. Sandra. Yes. Hi. How you Thank doing? you for taking my call. Thank um, you. <laughs> so I recently invested in Microsoft. Um, and I was doing just fine, but as with the other tech stock, it dropped. Um, but I know that Microsoft in general is just a very strong company, but I was wondering if the TikTok yield doesn't go through, um, just what can we expect to see with Microsoft? Like, can we see it trending lower than it has been? I saw like at lowest it was around 202. Um, is it possible it can go any lower than that? About 200 is a pretty strong support area. Um, I, I, can it go lower than that? Uh, yeah, the next really strong support area comes in about 185. Now, can it go there? I, I think it can. I don't know if it will, but I think it can. But you're right. Microsoft is a very strong company. So, Sandra, I would put it in a drawer and leave it alone. I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. It's one of those, it's going to be a blue, blue chip strong company for a number of years. Uh, will it continue to go up? I can see it go sideways for a while. I mean, I think I could go sideways for six months or a year. I was holding on to, I bought Apple in 2008, and for two or three years, it didn't do anything. Uh, you know, for, and I, my clients were getting upset that it wasn't going up. It wasn't doing it. It was just getting cheaper and cheaper and cheaper because the earnings kept coming in. So Microsoft is a little expensive right now, but I certainly wouldn't get rid of it. I really wouldn't, Sandra. I think uh, this is a good support where it is, and it might go down a little bit more, but I can't see it getting that much weak, that much weaker. Really. 
Sandra, thanks for the call. My focus point today concerns the story why the Fed's new inflation policy could backfire. An analyst is making this call because a key 10-year measure of inflation expectations is nearly quadrupled since March, and commodity prices are really shooting up. What do you think gold is? That's a commodity. So the the dollar has fallen to a near three-year low. So is he right? Will the Fed's inflation policy really backfire? Well, we're going to talk about that. We really are. I want to. I want to. I want to make some points about that. But first, let's take a call from Steve in San Jose. Steve. Hi, Steve. Uh, I love hearing your uh, hearing the show. Um, I had a question on TPL. Uh, I've been seeing uh, oil and gas uh, hasn't been doing uh, so well uh, these past few months uh, due to demand issues. Uh, what do you think about this stock? Okay, let's take a look. Uh, sells, uh, this is Texas Pacific Land Trust, TP is on Paul, L is on Larry. Sells, leases, and manages land in the U.S. Also retains oil and gas royalties. Doesn't pay any dividend, though. They're going to make $19.27 this year per share. Now, last year they made $41. So, obviously, the earnings have almost cut, well, cut in half. Next year, it's going to go up about 8% to $20.84, and it's a $508 stock. So that tells you the P.E. is what, around uh, 20, uh, 20, uh, uh, 400. So it's it's pretty up there. It's like 25, 30 P.E., but return equity is really high, 85%. So, but their sales recently, last two quarters, have really tanked on them. 50% 50% down in March, and then this June quarter, another 37% shrinkage. So there's sales. So if you're asking me, will it recover? I'm sure it will. It will, will with, the, with the economy recovery. That's what will happen, because what will happen is economy recover, and then you're going to see oil prices stabilize and start to move up again, and that will probably benefit this company very, very well. So, because they make royalties on oil, so they need to higher oil prices. That's one of the things they do. You know, they sell and lease. So, if you own it, you know, you it it it, it will recover, but you know, it's not it's it's not cheap. It's not like it's gotten cheap because the earnings have fallen so hard. You have to wait for you're going to have to wait for the recovery of the earnings. So that is going to happen. It's just going to take a while. My focus point today. Why the Fed's new inflation policy could backfire. And it's pretty simple. Remember, the Fed's new policy is, well, we're going to let inflation run when it comes or when it shows up. We're going to let it run for a while. That's kind of their kind of hands-off because it's been so low for so long. This is their thinking that it's probably going to overheat for a while. And if you combine those two time periods, it's been long, so, so below normal, and so we can let it run above normal for a while, and we're not going to do anything. That's kind of their policy, new policy, by the way. And uh, the reason why it could backfire is because if the economy starts to heat up again, they're not going to do anything. And once you let inflation get started, it's very difficult to stop it. You have to take drastic measures sometimes to stop inflation. Uh, So, you know... If we, if the question is, are we going to have an inflationary pulse? Well, the dollar's gone down, so we already have some inflation, but not very strong because the economy is fairly weak and 
Employment's not that strong, so we're not worried about inflation at this point. But we're starting to see little signs of inflation come in, but the Fed is going to let it go. Not going to care. They're going to, that means they're going to leave interest rates very low for a long time until, you know, and they, we really don't know. This is a new change. We knew that if, it, if inflation started to peak above, you know, 3%, they were going to jump right on top of it and start raising rates and kill inflation. This time they said they're going to let it run. And can it backfire? Well, I remember the last bad inflation we have in the 70s. And the, the trick is, is once it got started, wages would go up, prices of goods and services would go up, wages would go back up, prices of goods and services would go up, and the oil went up because of, you know, OPEC were controlling it, and gold prices shot up. I mean, and it was hard to stop. It was hard to stop. So that's the big fear. Can they stop it when they need to, when it gets, when it takes a hold? Remember, they're going to let it run. We just don't know how long. We just don't know. Justin, I very much appreciate your loyalty, by the way, everybody. You know, here on Investalk and at my company, KPP Financial, based in Irvine, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. You know that. We mention it all the time. We give unbiased guidance. We practice parallel investing, where I buy the same things as my clients, same price, same percentages. And we can help you. We, we want to help you. So I encourage you to take advantage of our offer to provide free portfolio review assessments. We can do it via telephone, Skype, or Jive. Just send us a message to investtalk.com or you can call KPP Financial Irvine, California. Be happy to do that. Uh, and we're headed into a break here. So time to give me a call. Ask your questions. 888-99-CHAR is our number. 888-992-4278. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Love to talk to you again. 888-99-CHART. Call us anytime you want. Let's talk to Lou. She's in New York. Wants to talk about Nokia. How you doing, Lou? Hi, good, thanks. Okay, Nokia. Nokia, N-O-K. It uh-huh. seems to be underperforming a little bit, but I want to know your thoughts about it for the future. Okay, let's take a look at it. Nokia. Corporation, of course, um, it's out of Finland. Finnish developer of telecom infrastructure, mobile brand, broadband technologies, and digital map networks. Uh, let's see. Well, the earnings are the sales are still shrinking. They've been shrinking for four quarters in a row. In the last uh, six out of the last eight quarters, their sales have been shrinking. Uh, earnings are perking up, so they're getting a little bit more efficient. Uh, Twenty-nine cents a share. Uh, this year, they're going to make $0.35 cents a share next year. It's a $4 stock. So that means, you know, there's no reason to pay a 2.7, 2.1% dividend. They have a, they don't have a ton of debt, but they don't have any growth engines. Uh, they have, you know, what they have is people are, are expecting underperformance from Nokia, and they're performing okay. 
So that, that's what they have. But I don't see any reason really to own this stock. There's nothing to give it. There's nothing in the works that tells us that, you know, earnings are growing, profit margins are increasing, nothing like that that I see. And mutual funds are still selling it. So it's probably not going to do much, Lou. I'd probably stay away from it. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. No, Kia. Kia. Now, did you hear about the vaccine that's on its way from AstraZeneca? And that was kind of one of the leading companies. Remember, there's like 120 companies with vaccines in the process, phase one, two, or three, and like 20 of them in phase three trials right now. And AstraZeneca is one of them, and one of the ones that we're high on. It's an agreement between AstraZeneca and University of Oxford. They're in phase three, meaning they're doing human trials. That's what phase three means. And they had a patient that developed serious adverse reaction. What? So they're putting their trials on hold. Okay, that's really bad news for this particular uh, phase three trial. In other words, for them to come out anytime soon, because they're going to have to do a lot more research to find out what was the issue. And remember, phase three usually takes years, not just a few months, but a few years to get through. So everybody's pushing really hard, but, but AstraZeneca decided to slow it down because of the one person that developed serious adverse reaction. They didn't tell us what it was. So we don't know, but I cur- I w- I'm curious as what it is, but they probably won't release that time soon. Now, the next one up is Moderna and Novavax. They have um, their stock rose because of this, and look, they're two of the leading candidates for a vaccine company too. So I'm not too concerned because you know it, there's going to be problems. Everybody's hoping for a vaccine before the year end, and that's the. I think they might have one out by before year end, but probably the more, it might be more reasonable to expect it sometime early next year, you know, some way. Um, and you know what? Are, let me ask you this: Are you going to take the vaccine when it comes? See, most people won't take it, and they probably shouldn't. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to recommend to take it or not take it. Because, you know, most people, young people, they, you know, the, the COVID-19 doesn't affect them nearly as much as people my age, older people. So uh, I think they'll roll it out to people that, you know, really suggest that people my age take it. I probably will. So it's kind of interesting to follow the process and the progress of, of these vaccines. And I'll keep you posted. I'm keeping a close eye on it and see what's happening. Now, we move fast. I think I can squeeze another caller question before the break. 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Guy from Utah. Wondering what you think about holding a basket of preferred stocks like PFF as a substitute for a bonds or a more high-yielding bonds in a portfolio. Thanks. I actually i am okay with preferred stocks from strong companies. Yeah, preferred They act like a bond. They pay a yield. Uh, they, so they act like a bond. And they're, they're as good as the underlying company. So you've got to have a strong company that issued it, and they're fine. I, I, I have no problem with that being part of your portfolio, part of our, a normal portfolio. Uh, so especially if it's an income portfolio you're, you're suiting for. Have some preferreds if you like. Nothing wrong with that. 
Just make sure the underlying company is strong. Tesla Inc., formerly Tesla Motors Incorporated, is an American, you know, you know, who, you know Tesla, right? Electric car company, big one in Palo Alto. It has uh, issued uh, five, I think $5 billion worth of stock and, you know, and more. And when it did that, all of a sudden it started to fall. They do have competitors, you know. So as we go to break, here's my two-part question, trivia question. Do you know the name of the legendary inventor for whom Tesla Motors is named? And you can name two of Tesla's newest competitors. I'm not referring to GM or Ford or Toyota. I'm thinking of newer entities. I'll have an answer after the break, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage your investment questions here at 888-99-CHART. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value. So your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI Red Teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. 
So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Feasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. chart so i asked a couple of trivia questions uh do you know the name of the legendary inventor from tesla's motor cars are named and can you name two of tesla's newest competitors newest not gm and toyota no new guys brand new guys so here's the answer tesla which trades on the nasdaq at tsla was founded in 2003 and of course you know it's got those sleek electric vehicles down pat you know the leader the name was inspired by the work of a famed Serbian-American inventor. He was an electrical engineer, a futurist. His name was Nikola Tesla. He lived from 1856 to 1943. So after immigrating to the U.S., Tesla alternating current AC induction motor and related patents licensed by Westinghouse Electric in 1888 earned him a considerable amount of money. Yet he died almost penniless, leaving behind unpaid bills. Okay, can you name two of Tesla's newest EV competitors? There's one called Nikola Corporations, which is his first name, Nikola Tesla. Nikola is an American company that has announced a number of concept zero emissions vehicles since 2016. It trades on the NASDAQ with the symbol NKLA. It's it's subsidiary Nikola Motor Company just inked a development agreement with General Motors. Did you see that? Lucid Motors, as a privately held company based in Newark, California. Today, they debuted a sneak peek of a new electric vehicle they say will take on Tesla. Why? How? Well, the upcoming Lucid EV is claimed to have a battery pack with a range of 500 miles. 500 miles. Lucid is largely funded by a $1 billion investment from a public investment fund of Saudi Arabia, even though it's an American company up in the Bay Area. Okay, as you probably know, here on Talk, we get to calls from across America. Here comes a question from North Dakota. Hey, Stephen Justin. My name is Alex, calling from Fargo, North Dakota. Just wanted to say I really like the show. Listen to it quite a bit. But yeah, I'm calling about ticker symbol SRNE, Sorrento Therapeutics. Uh, price is about 10.95 right now per share. And just giving you a call and see what you think about it. All right. Hope to hear from you. Thanks. Okay, Sorrento Therapeutics, SRNE. S-R-N-E, uh, headquartered in San Diego, develops therapeutics in the areas of oncology, immunology, and infectious diseases. It's a $1.5 billion company. They're going to make $4.96 this year, but then drop down to $3.45 next year. 
But they didn't make any money last year. They lost money, $1.92, so they've turned themselves around. Uh, sales are not, it's pretty small. It's a $1.5 billion company, but they only did $9 million worth of sales last quarter. Now, the quarter before is 7.7. A year ago, it was 6. So they're growing in the right direction. Uh, but that's not very big for a $1.5 billion market cap. It's not a lot of sales. They have lots and lots of debt. It's a $6.41 stock. So it looks really cheap because their earnings are sharply, you know, $4.96 this year. three. So it looks really cheap when you compare it with those earnings. But you got to look at other things, too. I mean, the cash flow is actually negative, $1.68. So, you know, uh, it's a risky play. It's one of those stocks that is very, very risky that it could work out, but there's one that you don't put a lot of money in it, but you can roll the dice on it. But be very, very careful. I You'd have to look at what they're developing right now. What do they have in the pipeline? You know, and how good are they? You know, just because, you know, they... they they may have something going, you know, with a with a, a COVID COVID vaccine vaccine research and making money there, but we don't know that, and that's highly speculative. So this is one of those stocks that could really take off. I mean, it was nineteen dollars not that long ago. Here it is six dollars and forty one cents. So it really could take off, but last six months it was under two dollars a share. That's how volatile it is. Very very risky. Very very risky stock. 888-99-CHARGE, our number, everybody. Time to give me a call. The jobs openings, job openings rose to 6.6 million from 6 million. Still, the number of hires fell in July to 5.8 million, a decrease of about 1.1 million. So, jobs, number of jobs increased, but hiring fell. So, there's that issue, even though unemployment rate really fell hard uh, last week, as reported, uh, much more than much better than expected. So there's there's issues. We're still working because you know we have a reopening from this COVID vaccine situation is can be sporadic and difficult. It looks like the overall numbers in the United States are going down. So as long as it's headed in that direction, we should still continue to reopen. Okay, uh, and where the jobs were dropping the most was in the food service and accommodation, hotels, food service. There were 600,000 jobs dropped. So when those things, you know, they're going to they're gonna be a lot slower to pick up. Some restaurants are never going to reopen. Uh, and out here in California, I don't know about where you are, but the restaurants are still not open other than eating outside, in, in my county at least. I know in San Diego County they are. You can eat indoors again. But not in Orange County where I am. I don't think in LA either. So there's, you know, it's still still a struggle. So until those things get back to some semblance of normal openings, you know, the jobs numbers are going to be kind of all over the place. But they are moving in the right direction generally, and that's good news. Okay, that is really good news. Okay, we have been moving the podcast along at a pretty good clip, so there's no reason to stop. Here comes another caller question from 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my message here. I have no exposure to the retail space at all in my portfolio. 
And I was kind of looking at CVS and uh, mainly Dollar Tree. They had a pretty big pullback. And I was wondering what you thought of, of I guess, Dollar Tree and that sector overall. I haven't been too interested in the box stores at all, but I thought it might be good to have a little bit of exposure. So any thoughts would be appreciated. Thanks, guys. Okay, Dollar Tree is DLTR. That's the symbol. Uh, let's take a quick look at that. DLTR. Um, operates 15,288 discount variety stores. It's a 21, almost $22 billion company. Sales have been increasing 8, 9% in the last couple of quarters. It's been going up. They were 2 to 4% before that per quarter. Uh, they're going to make 522 this year, up 10% from last year, 580, up another 11% next year. It's a $91 stock. So there's where your issue is. If it's if they're going to make $5.80, it's a $91 stock. You know it's a little expensive. It's not outrageously expensive, but it's a little expensive to what it has been in history. The P range is 13 to 39, right? So $5.80 means means it's only about 15, 16 PE. That's not a bad PE. So it's, maybe I'm wrong about being a little expensive. Maybe it's fairly priced. So this might be a good opportunity to get into it. We've had a recent correction. Went from 102 down to 91. I, yeah, personally, right, bounced right the 200-day moving average, I would, I would be a buyer at this price. I have no problem. I think it's a good, healthy company. Uh, they don't carry much debt. I like I like Dollar Tree. I really do. 888-99-CHART, everybody. 888-992-4278. Uh, we are listening to Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I encourage you to explore the financial and investment information we post on our website. And the website is investtalk.com, investtalk.com with two Ts. You can learn about the various investment strategy opportunities we offer at KPP Financial. You know, we have, for instance, an Equity Income Plus program, a dividend investing with a boost. We developed this strategy, and it only holds dividend-paying stocks, but also as the boost is from income by riding covered calls. It's called Equity Income Plus. So it depends on what kind of investor you are. Would that be interesting to you? If you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you want to reach out to me or Justin Klein at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. You can learn more right now at investtalk.com. Remember, best talk is with two T's. And I'm taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. This is Talk. Good news. Steve and Justin have recorded another Rapid Fire Hour podcast. They take caller questions at a faster pace, but you still get their unbiased answers. In this special bonus show podcast, you'll hear responses to 34 finance and investment questions. The theme of the program concerns market processes, best practices for investors, and explanations of various terms and investment opportunities. So tell your friends, search Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, or investtalk.com for the free August Rapid Fire Hour. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial. Hi, guys. This is Fernando over in Boston. Great job with the show. Just had a question for you guys on Intel, INTC. Um, I got in at a recent high of around $63, $64, and since then it's plummeted to about like $49 on some, some negative news. I guess they lost some, some of the potential Apple business coming up. 
Just wondering what you thought about this from a long-term play. Should I, should I get out or should I stay in and hope that this thing comes back up? Thanks for your help. Well, I think Intel now is fairly inexpensive, cheap. It was $60 a share and then dropped all the way down to $49.62. Um, I, I think that bad news is already built into it. Everybody knows who Intel is, manufacturing microprocessor chipsets. It's a $211 billion company. It pays a 2.7% dividend. I, I, I think if you, you have to ask yourself, why did you buy it? Did you buy it for just a trade? Then um, I, I think it's, I think it's, well, I would get out. But as for a long-term blue chip kind of company, I think it's going to recover. I think it'll come back up to the 60s area. I don't, I think by next year sometime we'll be in the 60s. Um, but, you know, I don't think, you know, it's one of the tech stocks that I probably would not own on a long-term basis. Would not own. Um, because there's others that I like better. Simple as that. INTC. INTC. Okay, 888-99-CHART is our number. 888-992-4278. Um, there will be no dot-com implosion. A dot-com-like implosion of our market. I've seen a couple of writings out there about it. They're worried about it. I think it's it's overdone. That's not going to happen. Yeah, you're going to have big tax got overpriced, and yeah, the, a lot of them are come down or have come down. It took a big hit, and they may still come down more. But these comp- the big difference between dot-com and now, dot-com, there was all those companies that had no hope of ever making the money, ever, ever. It just had a dot-com behind its name, and everybody went crazy, thought it was a wonderful thing. Today, all these big tech companies, they make tons of money, and they're growing their money. They're growing their sales. So, you know, they have a reason to be overpriced. Back then, there was absolutely no reason. So you're not going to have a dot-com-like implosion. So that's something you don't need to worry about. Looking at the program clock, I think we can fit another question, caller question in. This is from my listener in New York. Hi, this is uh, Ilya calling from New York. I had a question on what your thoughts on investing in growth versus value ETF in a uh, something like a Vanguard and a Roth IRA uh, for someone with like about a 25-year time horizon. Uh, I appreciate your input. Thanks. Well, right at this point, I prefer value, but I probably have both. I prefer value because growth has been working so well for so long that normally this is extremely unusual. And there will be a rollover, a switch off to value stocks. But I have been saying that for a couple of years and it hasn't switched off. So you don't abandon growth. I think you have a a combination because it's just I, I think you have to be in value stocks. But I also think you have to be in growth because they're the ones that everybody falls in love with. And the prices, many of them are overpriced, but they stay overpriced and they continue to be overpriced. And the Federal Reserve is guaranteeing you very low interest rates. And the government's probably going to come up with some kind of spending package after the election. There's going, there are various reasons. The economy's coming back. Uh, dollars getting weak. I mean, there's reasons why growth should still be working. Long term, we're talking about long term, 50 years, 100 years, value generally beats growth long term. But the last 10, 15 years, it hasn't. See, so since 2008, hasn't. So 
you know, you got to have them both. I don't think you should exclude one or the other. I really don't. Okay. On our next investor, according to a German bank analyst, the age of disorder is here as millennials redistribute wealth. Hmm. So how could the ongoing technology revolution work from home policies cause major changes to societies and economies? For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888-99-CHART. Hey, my name is Christian. I'm from Los Angeles, California. I'm 22 years old. And I have uh, stocks from uh, Caesar and MGM. And I'm wondering if I should keep them or if I should sell them. Thank you. Okay, both Caesar and MGM are big casino stocks, right, out of Vegas and different other places. And I'm flipping back and forth of the numbers. Both have about, one's $11 billion in size. That would be MGM and the other Caesars is $8 billion in size. They both are losing money this year and next. They're going to lose less money next year. They're both sales have been crushed for obvious for obvious reasons. They're and they're both going to recover. I, uh, yeah, I don't have any doubt that they're going to recover. So I was looking at debt. Maybe we should look at debt because that's going to be the hardest thing to service. You know, um, service because of the lack of business. And and if I was to pick one or the other, I think I'd pick uh, MGM because they have less debt. But both will recover. It's just how long it'll take them, because how long will it take for Vegas to reopen? Simple as that. And that probably won't happen until after we have a vaccine, so that probably won't happen until next year. So should you sell them? What was your reason to buy them? If you bought them for long term, then you keep holding them for long term. You thought you, if you bought them like a bouncing off of the bottom in March when everything was fell apart, well, this is about, you know, you, got, you both have a little bit more ways to go, but they made a pretty good comeback. So it depends on why you bought them. You know, if you bought them for a trade, yeah, time to probably get out. If you bought them for a long-term blue-chip type stock, probably hold on to them. 888-99-CHAR is our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. Do you, do you realize this is the last month of the quarter? So the end of this month is the third quarter in, and we're moving into the fourth quarter. So... There's going to be a lot of interest in how the how the recovery and corporate profits happened this quarter. Last quarter there was a lot of interest and earnings was a lot. The, the earnings came in a lot stronger than the estimates, and they're going to be uh, the investors are going to be looking for the exact same thing: stronger earnings, and they probably going to get them in many areas of the market. In any areas of the economy, in some areas they won't. Uh, remember, there was a middle part there where the COVID virus parked up, and you know, here in California, they shut it back down there for a little while. So, you know, there's going to be a little hesitation. We're going to that'd be interesting to see how that affects it. 
you got to remember, the next quarter, the fourth quarter, is the election quarter. We're going to be, the election is is November 7th, 3rd, I don't know, beginning of November. And this is going to be, you know, everybody's going to be looking at this quarter, the one we're in now, numbers and projecting forward. And it's all, you know, corporations, it's kind of bifurcated out there as far as valuations. You have big tech companies got way overvalued. But the rest of the market, not necessarily. A lot of the, there's a lot of good value stocks out here, out there, uh, and people were, you know, they're still out there. The question is, will the market rotate over to value versus growth? Will people, you know, shy away from the high PE ratios? And you know what? It all comes back to earnings. Does where are the earnings going to be? Where will they come from? Now. I think our economy is just going to slowly improve. We will not have 100% uh, uh, recovery until we have a vaccine. I don't think so. We may. What if we don't get a vaccine for six months or a year? I think we get it because there's so much money is being poured into it. But when? That's hard to know. We just don't know enough. We don't know. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley, everybody. This completes another Investop program. I will return on Friday with highlights from the newest KPP premium newsletter, which I am beginning to work on tomorrow. Please tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Invest Talk podcasts as free downloads. You can get them at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and InvestTalk.com. Remember, independent thinking shows success. This is Invest Talk. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.